to the Utah Royals FC show. I'm Cindy Lara, and today I'm joined by Lucas Miller. How's it going, Lucas? It's going okay. It has been a crazy, crazy week, um, but overall doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah, same. Um, kind of trying to keep up with everything going on, and yeah, agreed. Crazy week for sure, and so... Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of been a wild week, and so that's the reason why we are we typically don't record on Sundays. Um, we did talk about possibly. I mean, we did have one plan, but felt like with everything going on the past week, had to get on and chat. So obviously, the big news going on in Utah is uh, Deloy Hansen has agreed to sell Utah Soccer Holdings, which owns RSL. Utah Royals FC and the Monarchs. And that's kind of what everybody was expecting because that's what people have been calling out for, I think, for numerous of years. But I think this year there was solid evidence and just everything was out in the open and, and publicly that that it, Deloy Hansen is uh, needs to le- go, you know, not be the owner anymore. And so a lot of fans were calling out for him to sell the team. And yeah, so kind of a wild week. But today in the statement by MLS Commissioner Don Garber said that Deloy Hansen has agreed to sell the organization. Major League has been informed that Real Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake investor operator Delo Hansen has decided that he will begin a process to sell Utah Soccer Holdings, the entity that owns Real Salt Lake, Major League Soccer, Utah Royals FC, and the NWSL, and Real Monarchs and USL. MLS will work with Mr. Hansen on supporting the sale efforts for the company and will work closely with the club's executive staff to support the operations of the team during the transition period. I want to acknowledge Deloy Hansen's significant efforts to build the sport of soccer in the state of Utah and for his commitment to Major League Soccer. So those that was today. Um, Lucas, yeah. what, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, yeah, that's kind of the, the thing that kicked off the news this morning. Um, I am surprised how quickly this happened. Um, certainly was not expecting... Uh, the news to break on a Sunday morning that um, Deloitte Hansen had agreed to sell the team. I, I kind of thought he would have to be forced out, but I think he saw the writing on the wall and decided it was better to leave on his own accord than have an investigation, possibly turn up things that he doesn't want people to know and then be forced out. Um, so yeah, I I am a little bit surprised. Um, I'm also really happy to hear that it sounds like it is going to be a sell of Utah Soccer Soccer Holdings. Like he's not fighting to break up and retain ownership of, let's say, the Royals, but not RSL or the Monarchs. It's the umbrella company that Deloitte owns that owns those three entities are being looks like being sold as a unit, which probably means. The Royals are safe. The Monarchs are safe. The organization will remain in Utah. Um, I mean, there's so much infrastructure here built around those teams. It would be really surprising to leave anyway. And there's not a whole lot of mark, 
there's not many MLS markets that are larger than um, Salt Lake City left in the country. So I'm not sure it'd make a lot of sense uh, for them to try to force a move. I know that is one of the primary concerns I've seen from fans is one, will RSL um, be bought and forced to relocate? And two, what, what happens to the Monarch, or excuse me, what happens to the Royals? It seems like the answer that we are seeing that early signs are pointing to is, you know, the RSL family is staying together, meaning RSL, Royals, Monarchs, um, and will probably remain in the state. It would be, I don't know uh, how closely people were paying attention to when they were looking at moving uh, the Columbus crew to Austin under, you know, Anthony Precourt had bought the Columbus Columbus crew much cheaper than a new expansion fee and then had this weird clause in his contract that if he wanted, he could move it to Austin that kind of went overlooked by fans. And then all of a sudden he wanted to move to Austin and it was, I think a real nightmare for the league because you had out, you had all this, um, all this negative energy towards MLS, towards pre-court, um, people fighting to save the crew. That was a huge movement um, that was ultimately successful. I would, I would bet you that, you know, Don Garber wants to do anything in his power to avoid that because he, I don't think he handled that situation very well, even though, um, ultimately the crew got to stay in Columbus, which was great, but pre-court got to essentially get an expansion draft and leapfrog everyone else ahead of him in line to get Austin up and running. And that's, you know, that's not great. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of my thoughts after that. Um, yeah, Lisa Baird, uh, of the NWSL commissioner, uh, made a statement and I'll just read that real quick. Um, the National Women's Soccer League has been informed Deloy Hansen will begin the process to sell Utah Soccer Holdings, the entity that owns Utah Royals FC. That decision is in the best interest of the club and the NWSL. Mr. Hansen's contributions to the league's growth and continued development of soccer are notable, but we agree that the decision is the right one for the future of the Royals. We look forward to supporting the Royals players and staff, and we will assist the ownership transition in every possible way. So yeah, certainly um, really close to what Garber said, but I like what Baird says here. Like it's, it's, it's a stronger statement. feels like she's a little bit more forthright about this being a decision that needed to happen and a decision for the best. Cindy, what did you think of, you know, what, what she had to say? Yeah, I think, I, I think overall, um, yeah, I think they, they kind of have to, I think it was a good statement for, for Lisa Baird to just speak out, just mention what's going on. And, um, especially saying that it is, it is in the best interest of the club and the NWSL for this to happen. And, um, yeah, I think it's, Obviously, for many NWSL fans, when they think of Deloy Hansen, they're like, oh, this, he brought, you know, the women's team to Utah. He's done a lot for the women's team. And, and that's, he did. And he has, he did, I mean, especially when you think about the timeline, timeline in 2017 from FC Kansas City just completely um, 
being dissolved because they also they had a very negligent ownership. And then um, for him to just pick everything up and, and get a team together, I think, what, in three months or so, if that was mm-hmm. the timeline. So, you know, his contributions definitely, I think, changed a little bit of the, the trajectory of the NWSL for for them to be take, take owners a little bit more seriously that are willing to contribute. Um, but obviously when, when something is so out in the open, when um, there's so many stories, um, yeah, there's so many stories. I, I think the NWSO has to acknowledge it. I, I think obviously not acknowledging it would not, be, would not look good at all. Um, so yeah, so it's it's. I think my main thing was, will if the team is sold, is it obviously all three teams together? And you, it does seem like they are being sold together, which is really good news. Um, and and that was one thing that I kept coming to, where I'm like, well, MLS. Um, there's there's a big market for MLS for sure, and the NWSL is slowly starting to get there, or not slowly, but at least they are getting to that point. Um, so, yeah, Lucas, what what does this mean for for the Royals? Um, I, I definitely do think that having an NWSL commissioner this year was huge because now the commissioner can be involved in how they go from here on out as far as what the team, what happens to the Royals. But yeah. What do you think Lucas? Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it needed to happen. Um, I think you're right. And Deloitte does leave a bit of a mixed, probably mostly negative legacy, but there are some very notable positives in there. First being, there's not professional soccer in Utah if it's not for Deloitte mm-hmm. Hansen. And that's really significant. Uh, mm-hmm. he, back in when he first came on, um, Real Salt Lake was on the brink of moving to St. Louis. Um, and his investment made that possible not to happen. Mm-hmm. His investment in um, the academy and development, um, a USL team, and lastly, the Royals has been really significant and meaningful. Um, he has done a ton for soccer in this country, um, or at least in this state. Um, but also, there have, have been really clear examples of racism, of sexism, um, just general toxic behavior from him. Um, and to me, that's that's absolutely unacceptable. You cannot stay in a position of power if those are the behaviors you're exhibiting and exhibiting as recently as Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not like this is just a thing of the past. This is still ongoing behavior. Super glad that he made those investments that he built what he built. Um, But it is absolutely the right thing for him to do to, to sell the club and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the timeline because I did kind of want to go over. I assume mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are probably not super um, MLS-centric um, folks. 
That's mm-hmm. totally fine. Um, <laughs> this is a very MLS-centric story. Um, and so if you're not a fan of MLS, I'm sorry that I'm going to talk about Major League Soccer a whole bunch, some Broso action happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an important story, and it's one that has to do with um, some really important issues. So Wednesday night, um, there was a whole slate of um, Major League Soccer games scheduled to happen. Um, and uh, the Black uh, Players Coalition in MLS decided um, to sort of take the the lead from the NBA and, just, and boycott those games um, to speak out in protest against the shooting of Jacob Blake um, and sort of the continued conversation of racism and police brutality in this country that is really undeniable at this point. Um, so the NBA had decided to do that. Then MLS, um, I think five of the six games, something like that, that were scheduled to play that night um, – were uh, boycotted and the league has them marked down as postponed. Um, the one that happened was the first one. And I th- it sounds like it was just a timing issue. They weren't able to get everyone to that decision uh, soon enough. And so the game went ahead. Um, but Real Salt Lake was scheduled to play LAFC um, here at Rio Tinto Stadium in Salt Lake City. Um, there, was, there were going to be 5,000 fans in the stands which seems unsafe to me, but that is what was happening. There was all these um, uh, safety measures in place for COVID, um, a lot of spacing and social distancing. Um, And there were questions of whether the game was going to happen or not. I left my house at 6.15 to drive to the stadium to uh, photograph it. This was supposed to start at 7.30. And within about five minutes of being in my car, the pregame show was saying, this game looks like it's not going to go forward. This game is not happening. Um, and so um, Zach McMath, who is a goalkeeper for RSL, and Adam um, Noha um, both had a press conference and talked about what they decided and why, um, citing you know what everyone has been talking about with, uh, with racism and police brutality. Um, and... That was sort of that, you know. Um, then the next morning, Deloitte Hansen gets on a radio station he owns. Um, uh, I think it was X96, and the, their morning show is called Radio from Hell, and it's like the most popular radio show in the state, apparently. Um, he owns it. It sounds like he basically said, hey, I'm coming in the show to talk about like what I want to talk about, and then he just really just shot himself in the foot like repeatedly um so let me just pull up a couple of these quotes um so he said that he felt um like he'd been stabbed in the back you're trying to figure out a way to pull the knife out and move forward Mm. the disrespect is profound to me personally um and just very much taking this um protest against racism to be about he was personally disrespected, which was Mm. pretty absurd. Mm -hmm. Um, And just basically saying that he very much disagreed with the players. He felt kind of betrayed. Um, Overall, it was a bad look, pretty offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like kind of shocking that in this day and age that you would turn this story to be about yourself. 
But if that's all it is, like you basically have like a conservative white guy kind of doing conservative white things and just not really thinking about the consequences of their words or actions. Um, But it doesn't stop there. Like at that point, there is just a massive outpouring of outrage from um, Mm -hmm. fans. Um. Yeah, really disagreeing with what he said. And then Natum, um, an RSL center back who had played for Manchester City in the Premier League, as well as captain Queen's Park Rangers of the Premier League and Championship, um, spoke to the BBC, BBC um, and said that he didn't want to play for someone who wasn't supporting them as players. It was a good interview. Um, you can go listen to it on the BBC. Um, I also interviewed him on Thursday, um, and that story is up on our cell soapbox if you want to read it. Really appreciated his time, but yeah, essentially, he seemed really surprised that an owner would come out against a protest against racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the fan outrage, because of like Natum's um, interviews that he did. Deloitte gets on another radio station he owns in the afternoon to basically walk back his statement. Um, That was on the the drive on ESPN 700 with uh, Spence Chekets, um, who's actually the son of the original owner of Real Salt Lake, Dave Chekets. And it was, go listen to it. Um, It's it's out there on ESPN 700, but it's pretty weak. He continues to make the narrative about himself Hmm. Um, didn't feel like he got why people were upset. One of the weirdest things that he had said in the morning was fans would not be welcomed back to Rio Tinto Stadium. Hmm. And then in the afternoon, he's talking about, you know, he talked to staff and he didn't think that they would want to have fans back and they would just be so disheartened heartened and unwilling to do that. But it's like the sense of like, oh boy, like, we think it's real bad, but we're going to try to pull together and see if we can pull off another game. And it's like, they just seem like such BS. I like, mm-hmm. I, I am highly suspect that that is how any of those conversations with his staff went. I mean, these are all professionals. This is what they do for a living. They put on mm-hmm. games. I, I don't know if any of those staff members were personally offended that, that the RSL and LAFC players decided to speak out against police brutality and racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through that method um and so it it feels like throughout the day he's kind of just digging himself deeper but still he's he's basically has fans angry at him but you can't really oust an owner just because fans are upset like maybe he mm-hmm. can would think okay people like i know a bunch of people were canceling season tickets um mm-hmm. but then the real thing that comes up is um The Athletic published an article interviewing Mm. former Real Salt Lake player Andy Williams, who is now the um, head scout for Mm -hmm. the men's side. And go read the article on The Athletic if you can. It's absolutely Mm. fantastic. Um, They did a great job of digging in. But basically, Williams shares stories of um, Deloitte Hansen using the N-word, Deloitte Hansen asking... Um, a black agent if he was speaking African. Um, And then probably most offensive in my view, um, 
was Kellen Acosta, a, a black player for uh, FC Dallas at the time. He's now with the Rapids, had scored on RSL and um, uh, the general manager at the time, Craig Weibolt, introduced him the day, like introduced Hansen to Acosta the next day. And Deloy made some joke about they need to lynch him. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. joke about lynching mm-hmm. a black player is just so abhorrent. Um, like, you have to go at that point. Like, that that's that's just so unacceptable. That's so disgusting. Um, it's shocking. Um, and to me, what is kind of alarming here is I've heard for a couple years now that Dolly Hansen will sometimes use the N-word. Like, this is not really surprising um like unfortunately no one has ever been willing to go on the record like anonymous anonymously or otherwise to talk about that because in my perspective there's a very fear-based toxic culture at real salt lake that kind of even even former employees don't really want to talk about it um but i think it's been at least two years since someone close to the club told me it's just a matter of time before Deloy Hansen has his Donald, Donald Sterling moment, meaning, you know, gets caught for saying the N-word and pushed out of ownership of his team. Um, mm-hmm. And so later that night, both Major League Soccer and the NWSL announced that they would start investigations into Hansen. Um, and then, as we kind of talked about, both Garber and Baird made statements today saying um, Deloy Hansen is, is going to sell. Hmm. Quite, quite the timeline there. Um, you know, obviously, as and rightly so, we should be in a time period where everything going on um, with racial injustice, with Black Lives Matter, with um, it, there's zero tolerance policy. Um, and, and if we have that on the field and claim it, that also should apply to owners. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's wild because you obviously knew about, and this is the next topic we talk, we talk about, about just how toxic the culture at RSO is. And you've obviously... Being an RSL fan, have I mean, you have followed Utah soccer a lot longer than I have because I came around when, you know, they got in the NWSL team. And so, um, yeah, Lucas, what – well, before we jump to that, just what – obviously everything that happened is the right move, and I'm glad that he has agreed to that because – there is no way you can continue as owner of this team. And there's no way that the leagues can continue letting Deloitte Hansen on the team. And, and I hope that he does have, um, he really is sorry and moves towards learning and growing and, you know, is learns that you just, it's, the year 2020, you're not, you're just not going to get away with, um, you know, 
call saying racist things and it, it's not the year 1940 anymore or I don't even know how old he is but um you know it's he's it's in just, his 60s yeah so he's in his 60s well um whatever but you know it things are changing and mm-hmm. it's not tolerated anymore um in in any business and any there's just no room for it and and yeah he basically set himself up for this because he was so vocal and he was so he really just put himself out there for people to be like uh what mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it wasn't for um people catching it and and listening to it and being like wait a second this guy is for real like People have heard it, the hearsay for years, the rumors for years about the things this man says. And he basically set himself up for for this. Like yeah. nobody nobody was like Della Hansen said this. No, like he literally exposed himself about what really is in his heart. And you can try to point put whatever image you have out there and claim that you know equality for the women and you know be generous with like giving money to a village in Africa you can do all that and still have a very racist heart and so he set himself up for this and you know it I'm sure the people some people are gonna see this as like oh it's the media y'all came after him I'm like well yeah, because he set himself up for all this, and uh, now for we had. The record, he unprompted decided to go on his own radio station and make Ex- some of these statements. <laughs> exactly. So it's like yeah. he. I mean, like he put himself up to be investigated. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, if if he, like, I think ultimately this is a good thing because it seems like he's a guy who's who's been. Yeah, pretty bad for a long time. Um, I think it's a painful moment, but it's all. But it's something that he brought upon himself. Like he, he made this happen. Um, what's also interesting to me is, I don't think like if Andy Williams isn't furloughed without communication for months, I don't know if he's willing to go on record with the Athletic and share these stories, but. It's really fascinating to me that Deloitte Hansen, in hopes of saving a few hundred thousand dollars out of his billions, um, I think alienated an employee so much that he was willing to risk his career to speak the truth about what he's seen in in Deloitte Hansen. Um, but I, I also think you're right. Like I do really hope that that Deloitte works in these things that he, you know, this is kind of a a reckoning moment for him where he has Mm -hmm. a heart change and works Mm -hmm. on the issues in his own, own heart, his own mind. But I also think he needs to do that somewhere else, not in a, not in a position of power. He is not just the owner, but the president of, Mm -hmm. of the organization. Um, And so I think it's a really good thing that he is stepping back. Yeah. And fans have called out for him to sell the team for years, but there wasn't ever, like, solid evidence or, you know, like, there wasn't ever something that 
MLS could be like, well, yeah, he should probably should sell out the team because on his own, he probably was not going to sell the team. He oh, has totally. built, yeah, he has uh, built yeah. such. Go ahead. I, I think a lot of the fan complaint was he's not spending enough on RSL players. He's not bringing in the right coaches, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, you know, wasn't at the bottom end of Major League Soccer. I mean, what's interesting to me is I think he is willing to spend on the Royals. It's a fraction of what you spend to make un- make a good MLS team, like, unfortunately. Um, but I think to him, that was a cheaper investment that offered a lot of reward of, like, good grace in the public eye. Um, because, like, I do really believe that, like, Maro and Buhati were deals that had a global pandemic not happened. He was He would have spent big on them and brought them in. Um, I've heard other big names were linked that there, there was real ambition on his end to spend some money to bring in some world-class players and make um, the Royals an, you know, an absolute contender for being the best team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, the complaint on the men's side is they don't spend on, on players and therefore are kind of mid-table a lot of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't, like... Don Garber is not going to push out an owner because, because of that. Exactly. So, but now there's, I mean, if MLS look, the, I mean, MLS, NWSL, I'm not sure what USL was doing. Were they kind of just waiting to see what MLS was doing? Because that's the vibe I got. Um, USL? Yeah, I never saw, then again, I don't follow USL, but was there ever like a statement from them? I, I don't think so. I yeah. mean, they have a tiny office that That's true. I think they're probably like MLS and Ibisale, they've got this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, they were kind of just like, all right, whatever you guys do, cool. I, I um, don't think that they were going to assume like if something happens there, you know, Deloitte is going to hold on to the Monarchs, but not RSL or the Royals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although that would yeah. be wild if that did happen. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's, he, as, you know, my dad would say, he shot himself in the foot with that one. (laughs) Um, and he set himself up for investigation and MLS cannot, could not possibly, they had to act. And NWSL too, like you can't. There's no way you continue a relationship with a man like this. Um, so, yeah. So, a lot of happening. Um, RSL Soapbox covered a lot. I know The Athletic covered a lot. Real uh, Salt Lake Tribune. That was just like – I feel like on – was it Wednesday? Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Thursday. I feel like every like maybe five minutes it was like a new article, a new article, a new article. <laughs> it's something like you, me, RJ, and Randall all wrote one story each. Mm-hmm. And Matt wrote 16. He's like <laughs> Hamilton. Man, yeah, exactly. The man is just a machine. Uh, I will never yeah. not be impressed with his ability to it's write true. a solid article within minutes. It's true. He's huge props to Matt Montgomery, who took a lot of the lead on all this coverage, and it wasn't easy. And especially, I mean, you got to get a transcript out of the interview because later on, I believe that same radio station, like, took it down 
So mm-hmm. if Matt hadn't pulled out a transcript out there, there I mean there'd probably be no evidence, no record. And now there is, which is wild. I mean, there were some tweets as well, but yeah. Now there's something solid to fall back on. Um Yeah, but this was just it's like the end of what's what's been going on in in Utah and the toxic culture at RSL. Um not only is Delo Hazness has expressed um his feelings against racial injustice, um, but also um you know, his racial abuse has come out into the light, but also now people are starting to even just publicly speak about um, the toxic culture at RSL. It really is. It was not, and I hope it changes with the ownership, but it was not a very encouraging and positive environment at that, um, at that organization as Della Hansen. He was, he was an owner that's very much involved and probably every decision and very, from what I've heard, he's very like there where he doesn't trust his people to do their thing. But Lucas, you, you have had a little more, an opportunity to talk to people about the toxic culture at RSL. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I've spoken to a handful of people um, this week, including, and also um, several people last month in the course of working on a story about um, the furloughs at Real Salt Lake organization. Um, and almost every one of them has said that the culture is toxic. It's toxic from the top down. Deloitte Hansen is a toxic person. Like the word toxic is used so frequently, mm-hmm. which is really disheartening to hear. Um, but, you know, one person shared a story with me today about um, – uh, so the chief business officer of Real Salt Lake is a guy named Andy Carroll. Um, and, um, it's like, people have said that he's worth worse than Deloitte. Um, one, one thing was, um, they, it was in the inaugural season, they had done their media day for the Royals. Um, and he told the staff that they had to reshoot um, all the players to make them look sexier. Mm-hmm. Um, so one former employee told me this story. Um, they asked to remain nameless. Um, I think they're going to go on the record for when I publish it for Soapbox. Um, and then a, a, a second employee confirmed the story to me. Um, but like, that's really alarming that, that you hear that, the chief business officer says that the players have to be sexier. This person mm-hmm. also told me um, that uh, Andy Carroll really only wanted to use, um, let's see, Kristen Press, mm-hmm. Amy Rodriguez, and Kelly O'Hara in advertising because he thought they were the most, the prettiest players on the mm-hmm. team. And players like Gunny John's daughter and Becky Sauerbrunn were too ugly. To Jeez. put on billboards. Jeez. Yeah. So a lot of rampant sexism. Um, things that don't take into account that these women are world-class athletes, but like reducing them to, you know, physical appearance or your perception of how attractive you think they are. Like that is mm-hmm. 
deeply disturbing. I'm also mm-hmm. pretty sure that this is the guy that is currently in charge while um, while Deloy Hansen has stepped back. I'm not entirely sure. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, other other stories of, of um, Andy Carroll berating his, um, you know, his, his direct reports. One, um, here, let me read you this. Um, but he, Andy, was always like that, very open about when a salesperson hadn't made a sale in a while. I remember in a company-wide meeting that he would call them out. He'd go over the sales number for that month and they made comments like, if so-and-so doesn't uh, help get us these numbers up, then he'll be in the unemployment line next month. Hmm. To me, that is incredibly toxic. Like your mm-hmm. boss should not threaten to fire you in mm-hmm. front of a room, you know, a room full of peers. Mm-hmm. Um, another, a female employee shared a story about um, uh, there was a meeting of, um, let me find the quote of this. Um she said, Andy Carroll is so much worse than Deloitte is. The only unpleasant interaction I had with him, him being Hanson, uh, was what I tweeted when he uh, turned me towards him, fluffed my hair, and said, that's better, right before I was about to go interview um, a new MLS draftee. Hmm. Um, and then she went on to say, I was told by a coworker that there was a management meeting one Friday after work that only included the men in management like the marketing guys and PR guys, all guys I worked with. He, mm-hmm. Andy Carroll, passed around scotch, was talking very inappropriately and discussing my body with the other men. I didn't really ask for specifics, but I know they were talking about my boobs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really alarming mm-hmm. behavior. Um, I think those are just, you know, to me, it sounds like those are just two of countless stories of, toxicity that existed kind of from mm-hmm. the top top down in in that organization um mm-hmm. and so hopefully that changes but you know people there you know there's a really small staff they're forced to work crazy hours one when rsl player told me that they thought um the staff was being forced to work illegal overtime hours that they weren't mm-hmm. compensated for mm-hmm. um and yeah, it hmm. this needs to change. Hopefully it does, but I feel like anyone who works there has been in a really tough place for a long time. Yeah. And I'm I'm just surprised that it took just this long for for something like this to come out. But and and that was even just thinking I'm like, he's probably going to end up facing a lot of lawsuits in the next coming years because people now have in a way all this being out in public has really just empowered people to not be afraid anymore um Mm -hmm. and and it sucks that it took this long for for what what a toxic culture this this place has been and you know it kind of even like covering the royals and and watching the team it doesn't it doesn't make you f- it kind of takes away a little bit to because obviously you definitely will have to separate the players from the owner but at the same time everything that you're putting into this team 
is also going towards that owner and he's getting the, you know, the credit and, you know, especially when, I mean, I can just say like for me from like watching him take on a team and propping it up was like, wow, an owner who cares. And then you start to learn about what it really is like. And a part of you is just like, I, it's hard. It was, it's, it was, yeah, it's, it's disappointing that some people in power have, have the power to hurt a lot of people and make a lot of decisions that eventually, yeah, eventually ends up hurting a lot of individuals. So it's kind of wild and I'm sure we haven't heard the end of the stories and um, Lucas, I believe you have a story about all this, the furloughs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I'm sure the story isn't over just with him selling the team. The story isn't over and what what a, you know, he's, I think also like what did he has built such an empire in the state everything is tied back to him it, it kind of is a monopoly if you kind of look at it um he owns so much i was just reading that rsl soapbox article about everything that's under his name and what companies may be sold in the rsl ownership exchange and it's it is wild yeah how much he owns how he has such a hold of of the you know a lot of he has he has huge holdings that not only impact the the team itself but economically like the city and everything is under him there's like this huge umbrella you know real estate media it's 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 wild um so it's it's going to be huge and I'm like even if he does I if he still if the team will be sold but how much will he be able to retain um and also will he still be allowed to I don't know will, will he still be allowed to have like some kind of relationship with the team even though he doesn't own the team itself I don't know I don't think so I mean I think yeah. I think that he will sell everything related to soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't imagine that he's welcomed back. Like you don't mm. see Dave Checkett's around the stadium anymore um, mm. once Deloitte bought. I, I don't think Deloitte has anything to do with professional sports ever again in his life. Um, I, I'm sure he will continue to um, do his, his real estate business, um, construction, property rentals, all that. Um, but I think this is his reputation is so tarnished that mm-hmm. yeah, I think that hurts his business there. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, like, unless you know that Wasatch Properties is owned by Deloitte Hansen, it's easy to not pay attention and they probably get out of it pretty easily. Um, but Deloitte has made himself as much as he can the face of this club. And I, I think he's done. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. think the leagues would allow him to be involved as a even as a minority owner. I, I don't think he would be able to have mm-hmm. any kind of stake in an NW sale or MLS club ever again. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure hope so, because you're right. It, it'll be it'll be good for a new beginning. And wait, as we say on the show, wait and see. I know. I mean, it's it's a good transition to our next section, but like <laughs> what's next is so mm. it's so unknown. Mm. I feel optimistic and I am often fairly pessimistic about things um (laughs) but yeah there's there's been a lot of chatter about ownership groups i know nba player donovan mitchell like mentioned that he should sell um u.s men's national team player josie altador mentioned he was interested in purchasing um i can never remember the guy's name but he's like a utah guy that had a company bought by SAP for like $6 billion. He mentioned he was interested. Um, and then this morning, J.J. Watt uh, took to Twitter.com and ha- said that he was interested. Let me just pull up his tweets. Where are you at, Watt? Um, <laughs> what? So he uh, is married to uh, Kelia Watt, formerly Ojai, who is a yep. Utah native. Um, but he quote tweeted the NWSL statement on Deloitte Hanson, the one we read out at the top of the show. And he just said, I'm interested, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> um, and then someone replied to him said and said, do you hate making money? And he said, I see a team with a great fan base, fantastic facilities in a beautiful setting. And most importantly, a woman's team that can continue to help grow and amplify not only soccer, but women's sport as a whole in this country. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. He seems to be specifically talking about um, the Royals, which is great. Like, I love what a champion he is for um, the NWSL because like, honestly, we need more, you know, more NFL bros talking Mm -hmm. good about women's soccer because I feel like, a lot of male uh, American football fans look down on it. Mm. However, I have no idea. Like these are just tweets. Um, <laughs> he probably couldn't buy Utah soccer holdings outright as I think I was told about a week ago that they estimated it was worth about $350 million. Um, so maybe he'd be a part of an ownership group, but it is interesting that mm-hmm. he's talking specifically about the Royals and doesn't seem to be referring to like the three teams as a whole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking because there's so much like this. This team is I'm worth more than I will ever have money in my whole entire life. Um, it, it is going to take probably a group to invest in it. Um, I don't know. It just seems like owning a team. I mean, owning a team is one thing. Three teams? It's wild. Um, yeah. So, a lot of possibilities and a lot, a lot of happening out there um, for who, what happens, who owns, who are the potentials. Hopefully, it's the right one. Um, maybe a, a diverse type of group. Um no more 
<laughs> older white gentlemen, please. That <laughs> that's like my thought. That that's wrong. I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No. I mean, it would be great to see. Like I, oh man, the idea of Josie Altador as <laughs> one of the owners to me is awesome because unlike Deloitte Hansen, he gets what's going right. on in our country. Even exactly. He lives in Canada. Uh, yeah. uh, and he seems to care about women's soccer too. Like it's if he true. is a part of an ownership group, that would be awesome. I don't isn't know. there, uh, isn't there a conflict of interest there? He's still an active player, right? I have no idea how that works. I <laughs> he is an active player. He is towards the end of his career, probably. So yeah. who knows what could happen? Um, that would, that that's a great question, actually. I don't know. I just thought I'm like he's gonna have to retire, and for him to, I don't think you can be an active player and then own a team. But I don't know. I don't know the rules. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Matt will probably figure it out by tomorrow. That'd be amazing <laughs> if he like wasn't, and then Toronto played RSL, and Josie Altador had like five own goals for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, or maybe he'll just play for Utah. That's true. Let's gonna do that. Yeah, so kind of yeah, it's it's big news. Delo Hansen will sell Utah Soccer Holdings, which includes RSL, Utah Royals FC, and Real Monarchs. That is good news. Um it's probably a dream come true for many who've been on the DLH out for so many years and um, in the end I think for sure a win for Utah soccer Um, there's a worry that you know they were going to take them out of the state but I I think there's such a presence now that it it would be kind of hard to take them out of the state at this point so yeah yeah a lot, a lot of we'll keep following that. Keep following RSL Soapbox. Got a good dedicated team following and these news and keeping everyone up to date. All right. So um, we obviously did we talk about what this means for Utah Royals FC? Can't remember, but it like we yeah. talked about it's teams will be sold. Okay, good, good. Don't want to make sure that we missed that. Um, okay, well, another news as <laughs> the this obviously has dominated the news, but in other news in Utah Rose FC news, Rachel Corsi has gone on loan to Birmingham City Women, and that is until January. That seems to be the trend right now with NWSL players heading overseas if they are able to um, either get on loan or get, go on contract. And so Rachel Corsi is the latest one. Uh, officially, we have Gunny, who is in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And then now Rachel Corsi. Uh, there's been reports of Kristen Press joining Manchester United that from what I've heard is it's a done deal, just a matter of probably getting it announced. And not sure when that will be public, but apparently it's – done deal it's gonna happen her alongside with tobin heath um so yeah and then all all players that want minutes and want to you know that are on their national teams and i'm sure 
course, he is kind of fighting for a spot for a uh, place in the the UK team going into the uh, 2020 Olympics of 2021. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think this is cause for alarm. I think it's going to mean these fall games probably are a little rough. Like the center back options are going to be kind of tough, but mm-hmm. um, these are players that want to stay sharp going into an Olympic summer. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need to panic about the state of either mm-hmm. the Royals. Well, maybe we do for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Panic about like NWSL as a league. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like they're hemorrhaging players right now. I think that's really just so players can get some playing time mm-hmm. in safer conditions. Mm-hmm. That's true, for sure. And we are in the middle of a pandemic, so it's a little hard to uh, get some. Get a full season going. And speaking of season, I think just to add this real quick, mention it is I, I the NWSL does plan to hold a fall series in September. And I think everything just got put on hold for announcing just because there's been so much happening with Delroy Hansen. Um, but the league will announce a or will release the schedule for the upcoming fall series. And so it's a seven week fall series to begin September 5th. There'll be 18 matches total. Uh, We talked about this in the last podcast where teams will play within the pods just to limit travel. So in the West region, we have OL rain, Portland thorns and Utah, and each will get to host some games. And then the Northeast, we have Chicago. I'm not sure how Chicago is Northeast, but okay. And then we have Sky Blue FC and Washington Spirit. And again, they'll play within that pod, host, and then North Carolina Courage, Orlando, Pride, and Houston Dash in the south. And so the full format and schedule will be released. And I'm guessing maybe probably either by Monday or Tuesday because um, it's got to be soon because September 5th is like not that far away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there are some games coming. I think teams will be a little thin. Um, I have believe they have to be the current roster. They can't just do some random amateur call-ups. Like I think it has to be like roster players. So yeah, so obviously Utah will be without Kelly O'Hara, who has opted out of the fall series. And we can talk about the reasons why. Kristen Press, who is headed to England and Rachel Corsi, who is also going to be in England and then Gunny, who is also going to be in England. So this will give Craig Harrington an opportunity to really Iceland. really, Yeah. Oh, thank you. Iceland Um, to really build his team. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting stuff there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So no Kelly O'Hara, Lucas, it looks like, she does want to play in Washington, D.C. She lives there with her partner, and so that is where she wants to play. She has decided to not be a part of the fall series. Um, could be her injury. Could be, you know, hey, pandemic, no thanks. Or it could be like, hey, I want my trade, no thanks. Um, and so from – I think the trade is just on – it's like not going not going to happen. Um, I think Utah tried to make it possible, but Washington turned turned it down because Utah asked for um, 
Ashley Hatch, who is from Utah, and she played for BYU, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she then did. Tracy McGrady. So young players, Washington was like, no thanks. Um, so we're kind of like, wait and see. But it, you, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, I think U.S. soccer will ultimately get involved because you know want to keep your player happy yeah so that's the utah utah royals fc news as far as players go um yeah i i can't think of any other news as far as that goes no i think i mean yeah i feel like that's kind of all that's going on the team i feel like more is about to break shortly because we're gonna find out more about these games, about the rosters, but for now, you know, the big news is obviously ownership. Yeah, yeah. So that will be the big thing for the next few weeks, I think. Um, yeah, so I believe Utah is hosting before. Let me get, let me see, let me see. I'm not sure when Utah is hosting, but if I remember correctly, it was somewhere in the middle of September that they were going to host. And man, it's been a while. It's funny because people were, I think the Washington Post was reporting on the games and then people were like, who cares? Bigger things are happening right now. I I just think there was, it was hard to publish anything outside of um, the Delo Hansen Delio. So per the last hosting i believe utah would host their pod september 26 so i don't know lucas what any thoughts on the pods what do you i think no i mean it i still think it's professional sport right now is probably a little bit unwise especially outside of a bubble but Mm. we as a country are going ahead with it and um yeah i just i don't know to me it just is what it is i i mm-hmm. think we'll kind of tackle it as it comes but mm-hmm. right now you know feels feels kind of distant in the future for sure for sure for sure but definitely utah royals will be playing some games here pretty soon um and we'll get the schedule and once we get it we'll post it it'll be out so yeah that's all we have i believe um, yeah, I think I, I did just want to end with um, the Deloitte Hansen news is obviously massive, possibly the biggest news in club history for either mm-hmm. the Royals or RSL. Um, but it does feel like it's just detracting a little bit from, you know, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, from the police mm-hmm. brutality and racism we're seeing just far too frequently in our country. Um, and so... I think it's fine to um, think about the Lloyd, to think about the future of the club, but also like, don't take your eye off the ball in this one. Um, there's still um, a lot of work that has to be done around racism in our country. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's not let's not get too distracted from that. For sure, yeah, that's true. I think that's the bigger issue. Um, yeah, continue to. Speak out, support, um, and the you know 
Black Lives Matter and it may involve having some very uncomfortable conversations with some people in your life that don't think it's a big deal. Um, I know I have. It, you know, vote. That's also important. There's so many ways that change can be it, I think. Obviously, social media is a huge thing. Um, Action comes next. So do your part. Um, It's time for a change. And hopefully, in, in years ahead, we can look back and say, man, that was something, but look where we are now. And um, yeah, that's the hope because it does affect a lot of people and nothing has changed as we clearly continue to see the hashtags and the videos and it's got to end and change has got to come. Um, so it, it's, it's got to continue and it may involve some painful processes along the way, but It'll be good. I I hope. My hope is that it changes and we can move towards being a more inclusive society and cares for every human being, regardless of the color of their skin, listens to people, um, and, you know, just because it doesn't affect you personally doesn't mean it's not affecting somebody else. Um, So it's a time to be bold. It's a time to speak out. And... And change happens. Look what happened. Like the more the thing is, is the people rallying together for change. It happens, and we we definitely saw it with with Deloy Deloy Hansen selling the club. Um, and just think about what all the change is going to happen if more and more people come together and band together against the evil of racism. So, yeah. Anything else, Lucas? Uh, no, I think that that's it from me. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, keep following RSL Soapbox. Um, I'm sure Matt Montgomery is on top of it all, and we're just, like, trying to do our best to help him along the way. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Take care.